Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacey Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today. I want to give a very warm welcome to Joe Ardiser. Joe is the founder and CEO of Smart Pricing Table, an interactive B2B proposal software. With over 12 years of experience as a digital agency owner, Joe has collaborated with renowned brands such as Bluetooth, T-Mobile, and Scantron. Joe's journey didn't end with the success of his agency. After selling, he harnessed his passion for sales and proposal writing to create something truly innovative. He developed Smart Pricing Table, a software designed to revolutionize how businesses manage their proposals. By reducing back-and-forth communication, incorporating upsells, and generating proposals with incredible speed, Joe has created a way to streamline the process like never before, allowing businesses to swiftly close deals with high-quality clients and take their proposal management to the next level. Today, Joe and I are going to be chatting about the importance of proposals and why companies should dedicate their time to perfecting their proposal process. We'll learn what works from Joe's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses just miss the mark. Joe, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Stacey. That, that was a great intro. I love it. This this guy sounds awesome. Doesn't it? Like when you start <laughs> hearing about yourself and you're like, wow, that's me. Yeah. It just takes someone else kind of sometimes wordsmithing your bio. There you go. There you go. I'm happy to be on your show. Well, I'm happy to have you here today. And I know our listeners are going to be thrilled because if anyone out there has had to over and over for the many decades I have spent personally, 26 years of creating proposals, it is not my favorite thing to do. And we are still trying to get the process down. And the fact that in 26 years, I still don't have a fail-proof process means that I have so much to learn from you, Joe, today, and I'm really, really excited to get this going. How did you get to here today? You told me you started this software journey quite a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at the very beginning, um, you know, I think of one thing that's always been me and my wife can attest is I love systems. Uh, back when I was a kid, uh, my grandparents raised me and we were uh, doing Halloween little goodies. Um, and I have uh, these strong memories of, you know, the, there was like three pieces of candy put in a bag and I, I created like an assembly line <laughs> and, uh, you know, A-B tested probably. <laughs> um, a lot uh, of candy that you had to eat and consume in that testing. Yep. 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 <laughs> For sure. Um, I, I've always loved systems and no matter what project I do or company I start or position I fill, I always love building systems because if you build good systems, business is a lot more fun that you, a lot of the surprises come out. I, I think of, I, I can't remember if it was the e-myth that talks about hard systems versus soft systems and all sorts of uh, ideas there. But, but when it comes to smart pricing table, you know, I was... I had an, a web design agency for about 12 years, and um, I was using a big box provider for many years um, that just wasn't quite doing it for us. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a big old pricing table inside of it. It was taking a long time to load. Um, and I thought, you know, we should create our own scope of work generator. That's all we'll do. Okay, simple. I don't want to bite off more than I could chew. Let's create a little table that's interactive that we can send to our customers and let them play around with it. 
Once they make their selections, we'll throw that back in the other software as like a PNG or something, and then we'll sign the agreement. Um, well, that's I so simple. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and it worked great, um, but it only took us a little bit longer to you know, integrate e-signatures and finish the thought, so to speak. Um, and man, it just uh, brought brought something alive in me. Um, this idea of proposal writing can be fun. Uh, you can get the friction out of it almost entirely and you can generate proposals really quickly. Um, right. So that's the passion that's driven me. And the thing about proposals, as I've learned the hard way all these years, is you can sell something that's fantastic. You can have the best connection with the person on the phone that you're selling to. You can have the best continued conversations. But when you get that proposal over to them and it's on their desk and they're looking at it and you're not around to explain it any longer and they're trying to understand the thousand and one million words you have put into this document. Right you have a 50-50% chance of getting that business or losing that business. And that 50-50 is probably a lot higher to like 90-10 of right. not getting versus getting. Right, right. Especially if there's five other vendor uh, documents sitting on their desk, right? right. Yeah. It's yeah. who actually is simple enough in explaining what they do that right. is actually going to give the work and who gives a detailed enough explanation so that the person feels like they actually have the intellect, the brains, the knowledge to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if, if, if we're delivering a, a wall of text, a nine, 10 page document, that's just a bunch of text. I mean, you, you've essentially put a gigantic task on your prospects uh, uh, table and you wouldn't want to read it. No. It's like, I don't have, I don't have time to review a 10 page document today, let alone the other five that I got. Right. So there's got to be a better way. And you have created that better way. And I, you are going to lead us to Nirvana today and explain <laughs> that better way. Yes, yes, I think so. <laughs> so what is the better way? What is it that you need to do? And, and, and less about, you know, how exactly does your software work, but right. what are the mistakes that people make as they're creating these proposals? I mean, I know I'm a very wordy person. Right. And so when I said, you know, no one wants to read all of that. And you said nine to 10 pages. I'm sitting here wincing because, you know, that's probably the reality that we do a lot of words and we do some case studies and pictures. But what are the best practices with proposals? Yeah, I have uh, I've kind of a simple framework. Um, the, the first one, so I, I call it the, the five C's to better proposals, or I call it the, the profitable proposal blueprint is another way I call it. Um, the first one, um, I'll kind of read these and then we can talk more. But Perfect. the first one is capitalize with technology. So here's here's an easy one. Use proposal specific software. Okay, so that's the first one. Um, catalog your offering. Uh, that's the there's a whole lot lot of things I could say about that. Um, cater to your customer, and what I mean by that is give them options. Don't box them in one size fits all solution. Um, confer with your customer. And uh, I like to talk about the proposal uh, review meeting. And so you talked about, you know, that lonely proposal sitting on, on the desk. It doesn't have to be that way. I, I have a great solution called the, uh, that uh, it's a proposal review meeting to combat that issue and get much higher engagement. And then my last one is continuously improve. Um, do, do you want to look a little bit closer on these? You want to answer some let's questions? Let's look at all of them. Yeah, let's dive okay. in. Okay. 
Um, so first thing, capitalize with technology. So the thing about software is software is made for a particular purpose. It's just like any other product you use. A lot of folks, a lot of agencies, a lot of businesses are using Word, um, Google Docs, some kind of setup like that to create proposals. And the challenge is you don't have any proposal features, right? Um, you know, analytics on if they opened it and what they looked at, um, e-signatures, um, a, a library of line items or content. You know, uh, Word and Google Doc are great. Right? They have their purpose, uh, but they're not specific enough. And so, uh, if you have if you have proposal specific software, you're going to get a whole suite of features and options that help you close proposals. <laughs> there you go. Um, the second one, and I'd I'd love to kind of hear your your uh, experience mm -hmm. with this, Stacy. But I I stumbled onto this idea as we we're creating the product. Um, the, the second principle is catalog your offering. Another way of thinking about this is uh, productizing or legoatizing your offering. Okay, so for so many of us, we're going. We go to create a proposal, and we have that blinking carrot on the screen, and it just feels like this insurmountable mountain. Okay, but if I said, you know, Stacy, why don't you outline um, uh, Facebook management? Um, outline that. Let's not talk about your whole. Pro a proposal system and like revamping everything. But, you know, could you write down what uh, you did social media management, how many posts that would include, what, what are some of the limitations, those kind of things. That's a fairly straightforward task. And a lot of people like that kind of stuff because they're thinking about their business and they're defining it. So the and idea ChatGPT is, can help you out right now with that, yes. by the way, for all of our listeners, great usage of AI yes. technology for this. Yes. And funny you say that, because I have some sample proposals on our website that are most like 95% ChatGPT. Yeah. Um, great for, you know, uh, hey, you know, I, I want to offer this service to my customer. Can you give me a summary sentence, a list of what's included and some limitations and some upsells? And it kills it. So, yeah. So, listen in, Chat GPT. We're telling you right now, this can help you with your proposals. Sure. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> um, I would. I would say that um, you know, productizing your offering is just so huge, though, because if if you think of your your service offering more like products on a shelf that you can simply grab, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, creating a proposal isn't drudgery. It's simply grabbing this product that can benefit your customer, this product that can benefit your customer, and then just tweaking it for them, right? You're not, you're not having that mental uh, stagnation. You're not having that block that comes from having to define things every time because you do it once, of course you improve it, and then you use it over and over, yeah. okay? Um, <clears throat> cater to your customer. So another big limitation of, uh, software like Word or Google Docs is that it's not interactive, right? Um, I think we're at a place uh, with technology and with business where customers kind of expect to have some level of interactivity. They like to have options. Mm -hmm. And so um, just an example within our platform, um, you can have uh, line items be upsells, mm -hmm. but you can also have upsells inside of line items. Okay, 
So think of like a blog, maybe someone's, uh, I'm in the, from the digital marketing space. So those are my um, examples. Um, think of a, a, you're selling a blog for say a thousand dollars. You're going to set it up for your customer. Um, and then the upsells might be MailChimp integration, 250. Um, author bio pages, 450. Imagine if with your service offering, you know, these, re, these line items that you're saving, you're defining and saving. What if you could also have little upsells that get your base price down if you need to and give your customer a part of the um, uh, uh, part of the experience? They they get to help design the price and the scope. Um, we, we found that was huge at my former agency. Yeah, it's true because people don't want a one size fit all and they want to think that you're coming to them as an agency with insights and knowledge that you're not just taking out of a customized already, not a customized, but an already set box that you're going to unveil. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I love sharing this story. I once had a prospect that said, hey, I have $25,000 max and I won't talk to you. I I can't talk to you. (laughs) Wow. Thank You've you already for, said, let's not meet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, 25, I mean, uh, you know, $25,000 for a website, that's somewhere in the middle. I mean, you can spend hundreds, um, but that was our minimum. And so I was a bit hesitant to put the work into writing a proposal. Yeah. But since we had a really good system and we could simply grab one of our templates that had lots of interactivity on it, I decided, I said, hey, Let's, I told my sales guy, spend no more than 10 minutes creating a proposal and let's chuck it over the fence. I usually hated doing that. I want I want a chance to present it, right? But we needed the work. So he did that. Didn't hear anything for two weeks. And uh, uh, all, of it, all of a sudden, out of the blue, got a signature request for a $34,000 contract. They upsold themselves. Upsold themselves. And here's the key, Stacey. If I went to you and I said, Stacey, I need, I actually need, I, I know this somehow, but I magically need $9,000 extra from that 25K budget to make you happy. You'd say, you're a sales guy, get away from me, right? Hey. But if I let you, if you up, upload it, or if you'd make those, those um, changes yourself to an mm-hmm. interactive proposal, it's prudence, right? It's, it's uh, you know, there's all sorts of things at play. Uh, but it leads to, to um, greater satisfaction, less buyer remorse, and my favorite, no sales. <laughs> and do you find that, especially on services that can be a little more complicated, because we're not talking here about creating a proposal for something that really is, this is the base, it's always right. the base, you're going to be sending out the exact same thing over and over, and lovely that you have a proposal that has e-signature and it's turnkey and it can track everything and make a CRM for you. You're really talking about where you have a a professional service business where you have a lot of add-ons and widgets and things and special little Tinkerbell sparkly opportunities that you can actually go in where it's actually hard sometimes crafting a dumbed down proposal um, because you want to go so soup to nuts with everything, right. but you are creating it where there is a base 
And then all the add-ons on top of it that might still get to that soup to nut proposal, or there's a a commodity of savings along the way with each of these little add-ons that you do so that you really, really can make sure that your potential customer thinks that you have exactly what they need. Yeah. Yeah. And when you break it down, it's more digestible, right? Mm -hmm. If I've got a a gigantic meal in front of me, Mm -hmm. I might think, oh, that's too much. If I eat little bits at a time, my wife can attest, I'll end up eating more than that plate, right? So accessible, digestible, understandable, those are all really important um, so that you're not overwhelming your prospect with just a bunch of content. Um, Another thing I'll say is, you know, one of the things I, I hear a lot is, well, Joe, everything we do is custom. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, we, we, we wouldn't line item things out like you described. And what I, I always push back a little bit, bit on that. And, and basically w- what I found is if you are looking for patterns, you generally find them. Most of our business has patterns. And if, if you don't have patterns, I'd say get some. Because if you're doing something completely different for every single customer, one of the big challenges you're going to have is you will never build intellectual capital, right? If you're not, if you're doing everything's different all the time, you're learning this new skill and you're throwing it away for the next project because it has no value. And so I've really pushed back, you know, as I've had those kind of discussions, look for those patterns because they start to emerge, even if you don't have um, maybe social media management is something that you you offer folks and it's different every time. Okay, well, is it 20% different? Could you have a line item where you're still spelling out the basic offering with some things that you can tweak, some basic upsells, some basic limitations, and then you could always adjust the price? I would would argue there's all sorts of those patterns if if you have the eyes to see them. And so with that, the patterns and the eyes to see them. So I know that I've created proposals that have little add-ons. So as you're reading, you're able to see the charts and here's the strategy base fee and here's this service add-on and this and this and this and this and this. And what I get a lot of times with when you do this just in a general PowerPoint presentation, a Canva presentation, and you spell out all your pricing you get a lot of raised eyebrows and kind of blank stares because people's brains don't compute that in general. So there's a special way that you actually need to feed this to people to have them understand versus saying, I have created the largest ever page with arrows and diagrams leading you to all the ways that you can build it up because people can't figure that out. Yeah. And I, and I'd also say like, if you're, if you're presenting, like it, I, I, I think presenting the proposal is so important. If, yeah. if you're presenting it and what you're presenting is a PDF or just a long document, you're going to lose people. They, that's like having, I mean, this is like the, one of the number one rules with PowerPoint is you don't have more than like six bullet points on a particular slide. People yeah. are, people are going to fall asleep. And a lot of proposal re- review meetings, which I love, are that it's like, I can't read the text. It's too small. Um, and this is not engaging at all. And so, so ha- the, the interactivity level or, or the interactivity, uh, item mm-hmm. being able to, uh, like with our system, you can open and close line items mm-hmm. so that you can look at one at a time with the customer. You can turn things off and on, and then you'll see prices update on the top, right? Like that interactivity has stimulus, right? I saw the price go up or I saw the price go down or 
Um, I, I, you're focusing just on that line item. So you've got my attention and I can zoom out all the noise, um, which just leads to a much more effective review. And then what else do people do wrong with this? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna steal from uh, Jason Swank, a shout out to him, he's, he's great. Um, uh, he's actually a, a marketing agency coach. I, I used to um, subscribe to his, some of his stuff. I have uh, some of his materials as well. Yeah, he's awesome. So he talks about uh, checking proposals over the fence as one of the biggest problems uh, that businesses can can uh, struggle with. So um, what, I, what I recommend, so the, the problem is I spent all this time on this proposal. Well, first off, there's, you can fix that. I don't think it has to take forever, but I spent all this time on this proposal and I check it over the fence only to have them ghost me. And I get really discouraged because I'm doing all the sales activity and I'm not getting any fruit from it. Okay. Well, here's what you got to do. Stop chucking proposals over the fence because you can't see where the fence. You don't know what they're doing. Right. What I suggest is a proposal. Typically building a bonfire with them. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 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 Um, so what I suggest is the proposal review meeting, and I'll tell you exactly how I've done this in the past, and it works fantastic. So the first thing is you obviously have a sales discovery call um, where you go over what the, uh, the prospect needs and uh, you know why they're reaching out, all that kind of stuff. Then after that, say, 30-minute meeting, you say something like this. Well, Stacy, thank you for downloading all that uh, to me. Um, the next step in our process, I'd like to schedule a proposal review meeting. It's about 20 minutes. And then I would bring up my calendar, Stacy, so that you could see it in Calendly. I'd put it in your time zone. And I'd say, um, you know, you could say something like, how's, how's next Tuesday looking, right? Um, the, I, I remember- uh, one So of my share your calendar so they can see your calendar. Yes. Yep. Yep. So you're sharing it, putting it in their time zone. And the, the acronym for this is FAMBAM. From a meeting, book a meeting, okay? And do this on your next meeting. Do this forever, mm -hmm. right? Um, you book it right there. You don't say, you don't ask them. You say, it's part of our process, right? That that makes it magical, right? That's just, it's like a concrete thing. It's part of our process. I rarely had anyone push back. If they did, I had to ask whether I wanted to create a proposal. Yeah. How, in, how like interested are they in me if they can't give me another 20 minutes? Right, right? and it's going to take you at least from what you're saying, up to half of that time yeah. just to do it. So why yeah. are you spinning your wheels for no reason whatsoever? Exactly. Yeah. So then um, the attendance rate on that meeting is extremely high. One, because you have something they want. And two, they don't get the proposal till after the meeting. You don't send them the interactive proposal till afterwards. Okay. The reason why the meeting is so important is because you don't want to just have them look at the proposal on their own. And go away. <laughs> yes. You want to sell it, right? Stacy? here's what I've included in this proposal. Here's a basic layout. And by the way, um, I wasn't sure about whether I wanted to add this one, but I thought it might be interesting because we talked about this. Mm -hmm. uh, also, I put some additional items just to consider. Please know there's no pressure there, but if these are interesting, I'd love to talk. Mm -hmm. You can surface questions, overcome objections. You could even... Um, if it's interactive, you can even check boxes with them, get a solid price, and you could even initiate e-signatures. Um, so, and and the the thing is, so many of your competitors aren't doing this, right? And I used to tell my sales guy, I said, every 20 minutes, they're on the phone with us, 
that are not talking to one of my, uh, one of our competitors. Yeah. And if I'm, I want feedback all the time, if the fact that they're on the meeting, that's a good sign. The fact that they're liking it and they're lighting up and the price works, those are all good signs. I don't want a dark unknown mystery of throwing it over the fence. Right. And that's really what happens most of the time. And it's so easy to have this phenomenal call and then just get ghosted. Yeah. And you're like, but, but why did I, what happened? They were so into me. Is it our pricing? Is it, they were just too shy to say that, you know, that wasn't going to work for them. And you right. have no idea when you just are sending off into the silo darkness. Yeah. The proposal for the bonfire that yeah. they want to be burning. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I love, um, uh, there's a, this idea, if someone's willing to pay for something, they're going to give you different feedback, different ideas. Yeah. Like you involve money and you change the psychology with this particular thing. If you involve a time commitment, you change the psychology because all of a sudden, if they're just being nice, they're not going to book time with you. Right. right? So l- figure that out early on without having to ask a, a direct question. Like, are you, are you interested? <laughs> it's like, you ask a, ask a question, like you're get, get the meeting booked. And if they don't, then you can, that can, you know, give you some questions to uncover and, uh, and save some time. Yeah. And even if it's just them saying, you know what, I'm not ready to book a meeting and spend more time with you. At least, you know, that they're not likely interested in working with yeah. you right yeah. now and, and you've saved time and it's no skin off your nose. Cause it was just a cold call or a warm inbound call before and yeah, fine. They might pop up again in three years. Yep. Yep. And, and maybe you decide to not make a proposal and you save extra time or you make it, but you make it quickly knowing that they're not that committed and you don't mentally go there. You don't stress about it. You don't think you don't take that money to the bank at all. Right. You just say, Hey, there's a potential. They got a proposal. We'll see. And so from there, what do you do? So you've had the meeting. It's fantastic. They loved you. And you do have the e-sign on your software that you could do right. But Sometimes it doesn't go straight to signature. Sometimes you have a fantastic proposal yeah. meeting and walk through and then they ghost you. Yep. Yep. So a couple of things. Um, one, this is where proposal software is so important. Um, if, if they, if they are not, if they open it in two weeks after being quiet, you, you probably want to know about that, right? Um, if they're interacting with stuff, uh, turning things off and on, looking at different uh, offerings that you have, you might want to know that. And that could lead to a well-timed sales call, right? Mm-hmm. I, I reach out, maybe, you know, so I, I found that it can, that, you know, getting to someone before they go on a vacation could mean the difference, right? Getting mm-hmm. someone before the weekend could make the difference. If they're engaging, you got to know, and you'll never know that um, with generic editing software. Um, the other thing is, I think it's important to ask questions um, during that proposal review meeting, like, what's the next step in the process on your side, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, uh, understanding who the decision makers are. What's the urgency as far as time? Maybe they're three months away and you just like, there's nothing you can do about it. It's like, okay, at least mentally, I'm not going to bug them in a week. Uh, you know, give them a couple weeks, a month or something like that. Ask questions like what's driving this timeline? What what happens if we don't do this? If you if we don't do this project, what are the consequences? Really try to understand the um, buying uh, process, the decision-making process that they're going through. Um, I think that's really huge. And then I'm going to I'm going to reference a previously referenced acronym again, FAM-BAM, right? Um, on that meeting, from a meeting, book a meeting, right? 
So if I'm talking to them and and I, I'm asking some of those questions, I'm saying, hey, you know, what's the decision making process? Then I'm going to schedule a meeting to just check in. Okay, hey, could we have a 15 minute check in uh, in two weeks? Now, if you have nothing new for me, Stacey, that's okay. Um, we have a lot of different projects in the hopper, and I like to stay in close connection because, as you can imagine, timelines can be kind of hard with project-based work, and I want to make sure that we can get you in, okay? Um, and, and that kind of alludes into the urgency factor too, right? Um, and, and losing out, because you've now just repositioned it, that we can hopefully get you in yeah. might mean that we're not going to be able to actually take you on as a client when you're ready yeah. to be taken on as a client. Right. And hey, it's not that we're too small, it's just we're busy. Yeah, yeah. That you, that FOMO kicks in, right? And the, the chance that they could get delayed. And, you know, if, if you've, if all the good signals, the good sense, right, along the the purchasing trail are, are good. You know, great uh, initial, you, you responded quickly, you listened carefully, you did a great proposal. Um, if all those are going there and you're a, you have a great offering and they know it, you know it, and then um, there's some urgency, that could be enough to close the deal, lock it in. Once the thing's signed, everyone's mentality changes, you're, you're the vendor, and now we just need to do a great job. Now the client's yours to lose if you don't actually do a great job. Right whole other set of problems opens up at that door at that moment. Moment that signature is signed on the dotted line, you are at risk of losing a client. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Yep, yep. And then what are other things that people do? Since I have a feeling you know a thing or two about sales and proposals from all the time and work that you've been doing. What are other ways that people mess it up for themselves? Yeah, um, I I would say, and actually this will kind of, tie up the knot with my five C's. The last one is continuously improve. Um, and I'd say what people, what people don't do is they don't learn from their mistakes. But one of the challenges from learning from your mistakes is if you, if you don't have somewhere where you're, you're, you know, tracking those mistakes or, um, uh, you know, changing things so those mistakes don't happen, well, there you go. Of course, you're going to make the same mistakes because enough time's going to go by. You're going to forget about the pain. You're going to do it again, right? So, or I, a new person's going to come into your agency or your company, right. and they're not going to have the plethora of information because you have not documented it, right. and they're going to start making those same mistakes that you already paid for someone else to make, and they're exactly. going to start the whole process all over again. Yes, yes. So, so it's not just I have to learn them and have them here in my head, but I need to have a way to codify my business rules, my learnings, my education from when projects go wrong. And so the concept here is continuous improvement. Brick by brick, be making your business better. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that is so crucial um, to any project, in fact, it's the foundation, is the proposal, right? That that is, you are planning out the project. So many people will just do a vague proposal. They'll throw it out. And then they, they, they're, they're like shocked six months later when the client is not their friend anymore, right? The proposal is the foundation. You get that right and you get so many other things right. And so just to give you an example, let's say that um, uh, I'll go back to the social media management uh, offering. Let's say you offer something like that. And... Um, you get a customer and they're a bit frustrated because whereas your comments or sorry, your, uh, your posts are great. 
your your followers are really engaging. People love the content that this vendor that you're that being produced. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenge is there's all these comments, and as a business owner, you're frustrated because like I hired this agency to to do my social media management, but now they're saying it doesn't include the comments. But the comments are so important because as as it's become people realize in the last few years comments are a huge part of algorithms in social media. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to engage with your followers and that helps it go viral. Okay. So as an, as an agency or a business though, you're thinking, ah, I can't, I can't respond to 50 comments this week for this one prospect, right. Mm-hmm. Or for this one client. Okay. Okay. Channel that pain. It stinks. I, I feel you. Okay. It stinks. Now go back and codify that in your in your proposal system so that it never happens again. Go back to that line item, open it up, and say limited to 30 comments per month, mm-hmm. right? Or let them add an upsell so that you can do up to 100 comments each month so you can get, engage with them. Because what they really wanted was they wanted you to manage their social media, but you hadn't gone through that enough to see where some of the holes were, okay? So take the pain, and, and go back and, um, you know, concrete it into your system so that at least in the future, it's less likely going to happen. You've got something to reference and manage expectations much, much better. And what I found with pricing tables, it's really nice having an idea of what they are because it takes away pricing from just one person potentially in your agency or company, and it enables the whole team to work on those upsells. And so when they're casually talking to a client and they hear that there's a need, they can say, oh, wait, we can do that. And they actually can self-feed themselves a little bit. You're going to get me excited, Stacey. I, what you, that concept right there is like a, 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 the book I think of essential, I think it was essentialism or some kind of book where it talks about that as a, like a cornerstone habit that can have all these effects. That is a cornerstone reality. uh, This having a catalog that can change so much. And I felt it personally. Um, As the CEO, a lot of times you're making proposals. I'm telling you, you think I can't outsource sales. You can't outsource sales. You can't hire someone because you don't have a, a catalog. You do that. And oh my word, the, the mind, the, the freedom that you will have in your mind, this, the mental space, all of a sudden they're, they're running with it. Maybe they're, they need to get some approval on some adjustments, but they're able to, someone else has been able to make proposals for you and you're owning the line items, the templates, you're getting feedback and oh my word. You're wordsmithing it. You're figuring out what case studies need to support that instead of trying to every single time go, okay, why did I charge this much for that person for here to there? And I think a lot of this, like my thought on this ended up going and what you're doing so fantastic is we're in a DIY world right now at two in the morning, I can jump on a computer and I can figure out how to research and pretty much know who I want to work with or what brand I want to purchase, what product I need. And I can know what pricing that is. Right. And I want that information. And I don't understand when I'm going to different service companies and even working with them where they do this all the time. How can they not know how much right. that would actually cost to yeah. have me do that? So you're actually enabling people to be able to better quote. Yep. 
Yep. The last four years I owned my agency, I was involved in two sales deals and one of them was Bluetooth. The rest of the time I was able to orchestrate to to be high level. And when you can get as a a lot of small businesses, the CEO is very heavily involved in sales. If you can get out of that, it has a multiplier effect. Well, because then you can actually work on your business versus in your business. And those 3 a.m., just push it back even further, proposals that you're trying to get so that your sales team can answer and you're not being the cog holding them back. And people, I know what I'm talking about because I have lived this life. It really, really can help you if you have something that is systemized. Yep, yep. And so are there any other things that people typically do wrong? Yeah, um, uh, a few different ones. Uh, I, I like the the vague vortex. I call it. Um, this is uh, not being clear about what you're offering, and so you have to give the world. <laughs> you have to give everything, right? We we've all been in this scenario where we weren't clear, and therefore we make minimum wage. Um, so I, I like using this. Um, let's say you're outlining an offering. Here's another little freebie. Um, here's a here's a suggested format, real quick. Mm-hmm. If you're defining a line item, uh, let's say uh, I'll switch it up. I'll say cold outreach. Okay, maybe you do cold email outreach or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, start the line item with a summary sentence. What's the big idea? Okay, then say work included, and then a bulleted list. Okay, um, I like a bulleted list because it's easy for you to break it down and it's fun. Um, it's easy for your customers to scan. And it's easier for you to price something out when you've broken it down into its smaller pieces, okay? Then put any limitations, if there are any, um, and then upsells. So I really like that format as a, as a, uh, a tactic to combat the vague vortex. Mm-hmm. We hate not getting paid what we're worth, but so many times it's because we didn't define it well, and that's on us. Yeah. And, that- and, and another one... Um, uh, I'll just put just so just kind of rattle off some of these. Um, we don't know what we're selling. <laughs> there you go. Um, I once had a project manager tell me a quote he had heard. He said, "If there's a if there's a mist in the pulpit, there's a fog in the congregation." <laughs> right. But I had a sales guy that did not make it to his three month review. Yeah. <laughs> Where in his exit interview <laughs> with us. He said, well, I just don't really understand why anyone needs to hire our agency. They should be able to do this themselves. Yeah. And what we do is so frigging complicated. Right. I am just like, you were with us almost three months. Huh? Right. And that happens. That's legit. Right. You cannot help that with some of your employees you yep. or our team members. Their head is just not wired right. right. And right. if you have a system in place that's simple and the pricing structure's there, maybe they'll connect the dots better. Yeah, if you um, if you are selling some kind of professional service, we'll, I'll, I'll totally switch it up, say cleaning, a cleaning service or something. <laughs> if you don't know what you're actually going to do when you show up to, to clean for this recurring cleaning schedule or something, you better believe your client has no freaking clue, right? And again, that's on us. Um, uh, and that that's they're all it's kind of connected to the vague vortex. Be be dis, de- detailed enough so that you've established the spirit of the work, right? Mm-hmm. 
you don't want to be so granular the uh, that that it's like overwhelming, right? That's that's too much. But and you don't want to be too vague. But you want to be detailed enough so that the spirit of the work, the scope, the size is established, and you have handles to grab onto and say, well, I can do a little bit more, but really the, all that's included in this is this and this. It's written down. No, no, uh, no issues, right? No, no arguments, no risk at a bad review. You have some handles to grab onto. Expectations was were managed, and you're and you're in great shape. Joe, where can our listeners find Smart Pricing Table? Besides typing in smartpricingtable.com, which I'm ashamed yeah. to say. Hey, you stole my thunder. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, uh, smartpricingtable.com is is where you can learn more about our product. I also have a free guide. Um, called the Profitable Proposal Blueprint. Um, it's high level, but really helpful and actually outlined. If you like these principles, I actually stole them from there and stole them from myself, of course. Um, so download that. Um, if you're interested in some uh, some of the ideas we've talked about, I've talked to Stacey about here today, um, schedule a quick demo with me. I don't care if it's tire kicking. If, if, you're, if this is an intriguing way to write proposals, I'd love to give you a quick 15-minute um, demo of our software to see if it would be a, a good fit. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, I like uh, when I can do in proposal advice uh, on posts um, and have a pretty big following on there as well. Well, Joe, all of that is fantastic. I know I'm booking a 15-minute meeting with you because we need help, just like I think most agencies do. I think there's very few people who are out there who really have this dialed in and figured out because it's very easy to be inside your own head and see your story so clearly. But having that story and that benefit of what you do as a service professional actually understood by others, you have to really simplify it down enough and chunk it down where anyone can read and understand that. And that's fantastic that you've come up with a system that helps people do that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I've had a great time, Stacey. Thanks again for having me. Of course. Is there one last parting advice you would give to our listeners today? Yeah. Let me, let me, I want a good one here. Let me, um, uh, Joe is prepared. I got a good one with notes. He is ready. I got a good one. Okay. Okay. All the stuff that Stacy and I talked about is important and for something that you may not be thinking about. Okay. And it's, it's a higher level thing, but this is all so connected to it. Team morale, figure this out because when you have bad projects, it hurts your team, right? When you have bad, um, uh, deals, bad scope, it, as a, as a CEO or a lead salesperson, it weighs on you, right? And so when you invest in this system in particular has so many other effects. And, and I think employee retention is such a big one. One of my favorite things I, I, I share is um, I, I lost one key employee in 12 years of business. And I think a big part of that was our projects went great. And a lot of that is because of smart pricing table. Yeah. And that's hard because, you know, agency life, and that's very impressive, Joe, because agency life is tumultuous. If nothing else, like when you say the word agency life, just think like herding cats in every direction, no matter what the agency's like specialty is, it is insanity and dealing with clients while you may be the client treasure just from the heaven sent. A lot of clients are not. 
and right. dealing with people who don't speak up unless they're unhappy and they speak up really well when they're unhappy or when things just don't go well in general, it can leave your team in a really rocky, rocky spot. Yep. So that's fantastic that you were able to accomplish that, Joe. And that really is. And having a system I can see does help and having consistent new business where people are not always wondering, you know, if their mouth is still going to be fed in these times now since COVID and ups and downs and economy, that does bring some sanity to your life. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Well, Joe, thank you again so much for sharing your time with us. Thanks, Stacey. Had a great time. And to all of our listeners today, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you this next week. And until then, if you have any interest in getting a proposal, first having a chat, about how your brand can leverage third-party content, movies, TV shows, music, to become embedded in the storyline and part of the actual content that's going to live on for decades to come, airing over and over again, reach out and our team would be Happy to connect and chat what that all means. Have a good one.